The Live Series. Powered by Amicus. With your host, Heather Story. Hello and welcome back to the Live Series podcast brought to you by Amicus. This is the podcast that gives you insight into the life and role of tech leaders from all over the world. Today I'm joined by Sabine Said, VP of Engineering over at Ockham. Hi Sabine, I was going to say hi but you were already like... Hello. <laughs> For those who are viewing on, on video, they can see I, I was waving. Yeah. yeah, for those not viewing on video, Sabine just waved. Um, let's just get some subtitles or something going on down the <laughs> audio subtitles. How are you doing? You're right. Good. I'm doing really well. Um, I'm just recovering from the flu. So just FYI for those who might hear me cough a little bit, it is the flu. I do have my tea here with me and hope let's see how much that will help uh, throughout this conversation. I know I'm the same like we are recording this around autumn kind of getting a little bit cooler in the UK um I don't know what it I mean I imagine where you are it really is it ever cool (laughs) that's a great question (laughs) so I live in Austin Texas and finally now it's like end of October it's gotten a little bit cooler so like we're in the 70s or the the 20s in Celsius so it's actually pretty nice right now um but yeah, so just thankful for that. Our summer this year was brutal, um, <laughs> way too hot and for way too long. Oh, one of my colleagues, uh, Sam, is um, just about to relocate on Friday to our Austin branch. Um, oh, wow. And he's like, I, Heather, I do not know what to pack. I don't know what to wear. What am I traveling? What's the weather going to be like? You know, it's like, <laughs> probably just going to be a bit warmer. <laughs> like, you'll be fine. Yeah. And much, yeah. much cooler culturally, I imagine, than uh, than little old England. So um, <laughs> anyway, I can't. that's probably the longest I've ever talked about the weather at the beginning of a podcast. That's probably the most British thing I've ever done. Um, so you're over at Ockham, VP of Engineering. Um, just for those who maybe haven't heard of Ockham, do you want to maybe tell us a little bit about what they do? And then uh, obviously a little bit about your role there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, at Occam, we build developer tools that are in the security space. And our vision is to enable all communication in motion to be trusted slash secured. Um, And basically what that means is that any communication going from one point to another or one application to another, we want that to be secured. And we give developers the tools to be able to do that in a very simple way. And this communication uh, works at the L7 layer. um, And it's something that um, can go over any types of transport protocols and over any number of hops. Um, So just really cool stuff. And we actually just released our cloud service um, and we're beginning to onboard customers. So it's just a really exciting time um, over at Occam. Um, And a little bit more about my role. So um, like Heather said, I'm the VP of engineering. Um, And how I envision when I think about uh, the role that I have currently at Occam and then overall, even in the management of engineering, I think about it in three main buckets. Uh, So the first is uh, people, the second is processes, and the third is the product. Uh, So on the people side of the house, um, I like to think about how to build an environment that in which 
the team members are thriving, you know, they're feeling safe, we have good communication, um, you know, things like that. Um, and then the, the second processes is building those systems that you need to put in place to help to drive efficiency, bring guardrails in to help folks know how to communicate, you know, things like that, what to use when they when they communicate. Um, and then the third product is basically helping to develop the, the vision that we have, and then also creating a strategy around how we want to execute what we want to execute to, and then actually doing the execution and, you know, meeting OKRs and, and things like that. So yeah, that's love that. I love that. So it's, it's kind of simplistic, but like, I, th I guess, with how complex your role actually is um it's kind of inspiring to hear it kind of broken down like that off, off the bat um because you know you get some people that will kind of they're not too even sure how to answer what it is that they do um because it is like especially in engineering it's such a complex world yeah. that you guys are in every single day um yeah I love that love how you've broken that down so how um where, where is your team based and is it remote is it is it all on site tell me a little bit about that yeah, so my team is fully remote um, and we are also global. So everyone works from home um, and we have folks who are in Europe, we have folks who are in Africa, we have folks who are in North um, America, of course, and then South America as well. So um, everybody is, you know, across different time zones. Um, and yeah, so a lot of async communication uh, that needs to happen and things like that. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that as we go forward. Yeah, we definitely will bounce uh, into that because it's it's really fascinating. I think you might be the first guest I've had one who has a completely remote team that is that international. Um, you, you really are spread absolutely everywhere. Um, so let's talk a little about kind of your career up to now and we can kind of touch on um managerial styles and things like that in terms of how you've adapted through your roles and the, the management style that you've kind of you know not created but kind of ha has arisen within you for for lack of a better phrase that was a very dramatic way of saying that but yeah. I love it I love it that's that's awesome that's arisen within me I love it it's, it's you know <laughs> uh, that totally makes sense um so yeah, um, I would say, so one of the things that has been constant throughout my leadership or management career in terms of style um, is that, um, is the people first aspect. So uh, pe being people first is super, super important to me. I feel like if you're people first, I feel like everything else kind of takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. um, another style that um, or kind of a buzzword um, that is pretty popular is servant leadership. Um, and that's basically the concept of where a leader serves their team and is doing what is needed, you know, for the team and to move things forward, um, to address concerns, things like that. Um, so I would say that at a high level has been the constant um, in my management style. Um, but I think that's a really good point where like adapting your style depending on the role um, or the situation for me it's been more of a situational adaptation so an example here is um so uh, even with this people first leadership when 
uh, when I've had like customer issues happen and let's say a customer is, you know, you're what we're building, for example, at Occam, if that goes down in production for a particular customer, uh, that's going to be a huge problem because then, you know, your traffic that is going across from one place to another is not going to be secure. Um, and, you know, and that can cause, uh, you know, lots of lots of issues, uh, you know, privacy security issues there. So we're going to have to act fast. And in those types of situations, um, you know, trying to be more democratic uh, is is not, uh, you know, going to be ideal. You're going to have to make like, you know, fast um, decisions. And, you know, probably the the you know, all your team members might not agree with the decision, but that's okay. So in that situation, being more authoritative for me, that has been the case. And, you know, we, we have an issue with the customer. Okay. You know, we talk to them, uh, figure out a possible solution and we go ahead and execute towards that. So, um, there's actually just at a at kind of a meta, there is an article that's written by Daniel Goleman, um, and it's in the um, Harvard Business Review, um, and it's called Leadership That Gets Results. And he talks about like the different styles of leadership. Uh, and there's like uh, authoritative, there's coercive, um, there's coaching, so on and so forth. There's like six of them. Um, and the important thing that he says in that article is that in a leader's career, there's going to be times when they're going to have to use each different style depending on the situation. And I 100% agree. It totally you know, there can be kind of like your underlying theme, but then there's going to be different situations that you're going to have to adapt to. Um, another one is where on your team, uh, there's going to be conflict between people. So how are you going to handle that? Like, is that going to be something where, you know, you, you, you know, you'll be like democratic and, you know, you have to go to each person and try and, you know, get everybody to agree on something that's not always going to happen. So I feel like then, you know, you have to use the tool of coaching and maybe a little bit of authoritativeness style uh, and mix those two together to move things forward. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I adapt my style in different situations. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because especially, um, I'm going to try and find a link to that book, by the way, as well. That sounds really informative. Um, but the almost being able to be that self-aware and know that you have to adapt different styles could almost be its own style because you are this self-aware kind of respectful leader who, you know, you, you could be at any of those things, but I think the ability to, to be that self-aware with your management is, is such an important thing. Um, and I think, yeah, like you said, just educating yourself on those different styles is obviously where to start with it, but then applying it and knowing when to adapt. And like you said, an underlying theme is is probably what comes naturally to people but then education and uh, experience and self-awareness I think are also things that could that can benefit too that was such a good answer <laughs> I, was, I, was really, I was so intrigued by what you were saying I was like yeah and you could have this and then this could happen and you could become this too like it's wicked um so let's talk about like your team because obviously you're saying that it, you know people first approach is important to you um presumably that requires a ton of 
good communication between yeah. your team um, in order to get things done. Um, if you're prioritizing people, a lot of people might see that as as not prioritizing projects, but obviously that's not the case. Um, right. How do you implement communication within your team? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question, and I love that, and I feel like it is it is such a like there's so many aspects to that like you know bringing communication you know how do you kind you know how do you set up the guardrails and things like that so the first the first piece for this is in my you know for me is to model it myself and make sure that i am doing things that are like highly communicative. Um, and then I'm also encouraging like my executive team or we're all doing that together. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that really helps to kind of set the tone and set the example, you know, for the company. Mm -hmm. um, and a couple of examples here, like specific examples of high communication that I've seen in my past and that I try to do as well. So the first is um, at a previous company, our CEO, um, he used to send out an email to the whole company every week. And this was, you know, at a specific stage of the company that, that didn't, you know, it, it lasted for like a year, but within that year, it was so great just to get, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, what he's been doing or where the company's at or something like that. It was like different, um, just, I guess, whatever was top of mind for him that week and he would send that out as you know like where's the industry going or what are the changes that he's seeing or you know just kudos to maybe you know some particular product had a release and it was a major thing and you know putting it out there um and I thought that was wonderful and just something that was consistent um and you know and everybody would read it and, and it was also really like motivating <laughs> because you're you know thinking about um it's kind of like a way of, you know, like the, the CEO is communicating with you and with it with everyone. So I thought that was awesome. And I feel like doing things like that um, is super important. Um, another one that I really love is once your um, once your teams and your organization that you have, once that starts getting really big, um, it's hard to do like what, you know, one-on-ones with everybody. Um, I think with your direct reports, of course, you know, that maintaining that is really important. But another thing that can be done is, um, um, office hours and having consistent office hours, you know, at whatever basis it works for you. But that kind of provides a medium for other people to be able to reach you and, you know, come and join your office hours and, you know, ask you questions or just have like a, a, a regular discussion. Um, so yeah, so modeling in myself, I would say is the first thing. The second thing is what has helped me um, wherever I go and assessing it at a regular period of time is really important, but is kind of figuring out the big chunks of your organization or your organizational work and, you know, what are the gaps? And to, to put that uh, unvaguely is things like, uh, like planning. What is your planning process? You know, I mean, how do you plan? How do you do yearly planning? How do you do quarterly planning? How do you do sprint planning? Mm -hmm. Like being able to take that big chunk and, and as, uh, you know, and as a leader, like think about 
what is that process that I have? Um, let's say like just for quarterly planning, you know, how do we do that? Um, you know, <laughs> and I feel like it's really important to, first of all, for yourself to think about, you know, what's the current situation and then what's, what would be efficient for your, um, for your teams and your organizations, you know, within, within now and the next like six months, I feel like thinking beyond that, then you just get into like analysis paralysis, but, um, you know, thinking about it within the next think six months and what's a good process to put in place. And that's where you can specifically think about the communication, um, practices that you want to put in place. So, to kind of continue with the the example of quarterly planning, um, recently this has been something that I've been doing um, at Occam to figure out what is that process that we want to put in place. And one of the things that, or the process that I've been talking about with the team is, so, you know, first we have a backlog where we write down like features that we want to work on. And that is a form of communication. Like that's a written you know, area, you're using a tool, people can add to it in an ASIC manner. And then, okay, as you're getting close to the next quarter, maybe like about a month away, you have conversations or you start like a meeting. So you have to, you know, schedule a specific meeting with maybe a subset of folks. Um, you know, you have, you send out an email to your whole organization. Hey, we're about, you know, we're starting planning. If there's anything that you feel like is important that, you know, that we should work on, put it up here, things like that. And then whole, you know, building that whole piece out and that results in like the guardrails of communication, um, you know, how you're going to have it, what medium you're, you're going to use, you know, so on and so forth, how you're going to collect feedback and so on. So I feel like taking those big chunks and breaking them down is something that really um, helps for me. Um, <clears throat> and like another, just to give another um, example. So outside of like planning, like there's another big one, which is hiring um, and um, interviewing. What is that process? What are the communication pieces that we need to put in place um, for that? And one of the things that I, have seen in my experience is that you'll put up, you'll create, like, this is a never ending type of a thing. So it's not like you put up, you create a process and, you know, you be like, that's going to last you a couple of years. Um, I feel like the only thing constant is change uh, because as your, you know, your team grows or your customer base grows or, you know, whatever it is, um, changes, they, you know, uh, they continue to, to evolve the process. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I think about communication practices and how I develop them. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that first point about the CEO um, sticking out those emails. I think yeah, it, that's, I've, I've not actually really heard of that happening like internally before. Like you might get like CEOs posting on LinkedIn or something like that, but thinking about their team and, and communicating with their team like that and, and opening a channel almost for a conversation if someone wanted to about something particular that was mentioned or whatever, but also it just humanizes them and it really brings, you know, it, it brings you down to as a leader down to your team's level and it and it and it kind of um diminishes any kind of like abrasiveness when it comes to the hierarchy, I suppose. And I just I just really love that as well. I really like that you've mentioned that. Um so how how do you you know we've talked about communication and 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 how your people first approach is is obviously very successful by the sounds of it. It sounds like you're absolutely nailing it. But also how 
how do you then ensure that the collaboration is happening between your team? You can't have your eyes everywhere all the time. Um, how, how do you kind of, you know, ensure that things are happening efficiently? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's hard to gauge. There's no, you know, well, I shouldn't say there's no, but I haven't found like any specific metrics that really tell me, okay, my team is you know, 100% engaged or whatever, 85% engaged. Mm -hmm. But there's some things that I keep in mind that that help me to to be like, yes, like this is good. Like we have our processes that we have in place or our communication that we have in place and collaboration, like as you said, is going well. And there's mainly, um, I would say three things there as well that I think about. So the first thing that I like to do and that I'm actually just starting at Occam is a team health survey. And how this is uh, measuring collaboration, it's a little bit like indirect. It's more of like a measure of how um, my team members are doing and feeling about Occam. And basically this help survey is, it goes out, um, or I want it to go out like on like every couple of months. Um, and, it, and it has questions around like, you know, how is your workload? Are you feeling like your voice is heard? Do you feel recognized? Do you enjoy, you know, working with your team members? Um, and then it also has like an open space for people to to put any feedback anonymously uh, for management, you know, to to do. Um, <clears throat> and that that team health survey really gives me that understanding about just overall like how are people feeling about working here and generally when people are feeling good about working at Occam and they're feeling like you know they're feeling valued basically then um you know that's a good that's a good measure of okay collaboration is probably going well or people are you know answering like do you enjoy working with your team members and if they put yes you know that's kind of a that's definitely a good sign <clears throat> and then the other thing that I I like to look at is um, like the product results, or I should say actually like the OKRs. Are we meeting our OKRs? And how that also tells me um, that we're doing well or that we're collaborating is because if we are meeting our OKRs, there's a high chance that we have good like communication that's happening um, and that's put in place, you know, and that has resulted in us, mm -hmm. um, you know, meeting our OKRs. And so, and then the third thing is like, do we have processes defined and are people like, do they know and understand what those processes are? Mm -hmm. So I feel like when those three things kind of are in place and they're at a good spot. So like your team health, you know, team is good. You're meeting your OKRs, you know, you're executing, making progress. And then the third is you have those processes defined where people can see what they are. Then I feel like, you know, that gives me a, like the understanding that um, things are going pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I, th I love that. Again, it's it's so obvious that your natural approach is a people first one because I guess like the the obvious answer, um, which I'm I'm pleased you didn't um kind of say, but like the obvious answer is like how do you make sure your remote team is doing a good job and people are like well results like what do the results look like? Whereas you know your your instinct is to go towards 
how are people feeling ask them directly like get feedback from your team don't just look at the work that they're doing like think about actually what does their daily life look like how what's their attitude like how's morale and and I guess with a global team that is fully remote that is such a difficult thing to gauge like you said and um yeah I think that that the it's almost like under I mean you can't really overstate it but it's it's almost like under a really undervalued thing of like checking in on a personal level with a remote team is so important um and I, and I think it kind of is like the make up it's a deal breaker for, for that running a successful remote team but it sounds like you're doing just a swell job but um <laughs> so it's progress you know it's one of those things like that whole side of the house like it's a you know you have to be very regular and it's not a snap you know like right when you put in these things like that's not gonna make a difference it's that consistency and over time you know sure that kind of that's segued me kind of perfectly into the next thing that I wanted to talk about because I wanted to talk about trust and building yeah. trust and um, like you're saying that consistency you know being patient with it I guess is probably one of the main um, factors within building trust within a team but have you, is that something that you've thought about and something that you try and actively do absolutely trust it so interesting one thing about Occam is that our one and only value is trust and when I actually, before I joined Occam, like one of the things, when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's <laughs> amazing. Um, and I know there's a lot, like, I feel like just that value, you know, the word trust, there's so much packed into it. Like, you know, y- you really have to like unpack it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how do I, measuring trust, number one, like, that's very, very difficult to do. But there's some things that, or like practices that I like to put in place um, to help gauge that and like, you know, make sure that we're on the right or we're building that trust. So the first thing, you know, like I mentioned, like the team health surveys, those are really helpful for me to get that feedback and then also action on that feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one big thing, um, you know, we all know like the one-on-ones that you mentioned, I feel like with every um, right now, um, the, the, the team and the company that I have, it enables me to like, I can have one-on-ones with all of the engineering members at this point and which is great. And that, you know, just having that on a weekly basis, um, is something that helps a lot. And one of the things in my one-on-ones that I always ask in almost every single one is how's your morale? And, you know, tell me on like a scale of one to five, you know, one being like, wow, things are not good. And five being, you know, everything is amazing. And we're, you know, we're, we're awesome. Um, so, and I asked them and, uh, and I feel like that's such a good question. It really helps me understand, okay, where they're at. And it's not only like, oh, okay, like they'll say like, okay, I'm at a three. And then, you know, that's it. Like, no, it's like, okay, okay. What's going on? Like, you know, tell me about, you know, how you're feeling or, or how can we move that three and how can we move it into a five? Mm-hmm. And that really like that type of stuff, like really helps to, uh, give me that understanding about, you know, where folks are at, what's important to them as well. Um, so that's one thing that I like to do. The other thing is being vulnerable um and that whole piece of like initiating trust i feel like that comes from sharing 
and being transparent in your communication. So an example is like some of my team members, they'll actually ask me that back and they'll be like, okay, you know, for you one to five, like, how are you doing? And, you know, and I, and I'm totally honest. And sometimes like things are hard. Um, so, you know, like for example, recently, um, you know, we're, we're hiring at Occam and, it's, it's a lot of work and there will be times when, you know, like with a candidate, like you're almost at the end, you're about to close them, you're super excited and, you know, and then they're like, oh no, you know, they're, they're, you know, deciding to go somewhere else or whatever, whatever it is that they choose or whatever's happening. And so that's kind of a bummer. And like, and I'm, you know, I'll be very honest with my team members as to how things are going and kind of where I'm at and where my head is at. Um, and I feel like that really helps just that you know, mutual sharing. Um, and, and again, like it's a very, it needs to be consistent. And I feel like it takes like at least like six months, maybe a year to develop that, you know, good, solid relationship and where, you know, you can also demonstrate, um, like another big aspect before I get into the demonstration part, but, um, another thing is, um, that is important to me is, uh, what I say is what, I do or, you know, and like kind of keeping my commitment. So for example, like if we're having a conversation and we're like, um, <clears throat> you know, we're talking about like promotions. So I like to be super transparent about, you know, okay, we, you know, we have like a yearly cycle, you know, in this particular upcoming one, I think there's, you know, a longer way to go for you to get to the promotion. So we have to aim for the next one okay, let's talk about, you know, what is that, um, uh, you know, what are the next steps going to look like for you? What do you need to concentrate on having those like career conversations? And, you know, they're basically their career growth con uh, conversations. And I can, I can talk about that for a long time, but I'm going to stop there. So um, just having those regularly is, is something super important to me. And then, like I said, like executing to whatever I say, like, if I say like, hey, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to keep in mind, like, um, some, you know, projects are, uh, you know, coming down the pipeline, I feel like you're going to be great as a project lead. So I make sure that, you know, they get that project lead. And of course, there's things that can happen. You know, just having that open conversation, like in case that is not going to happen, or it's going to happen a little bit later. Um, yeah, so I feel like those are the, the main things <clears throat> that I keep in mind around trust. I think you you did you did actually um as soon as you said it I thought of a question um that I was I was gonna say when you when you sort of ask people about um out of five how their morale's doing but then you kind of answered it straight away um and, and I was gonna say like do you not do you ever just kind of get you know threes and fours across the board of people just kind of like uh neither here nor there I'm just kind of like cracking on and like kind of you know just getting through it and stuff and and then you but you obviously then you immediately said you know we're, we're going to push that three to a four to a five we're going to get it up there and that's your response you're not just happy with someone who's fair yeah just you, me yeah yeah exactly yeah because I guess because I think it is it's easy to kind of fall into like a bit of a meh mindset up, like especially with something with that requires such deep focus um yeah. and 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 I think it's 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 really admirable that you like you are so passionate about pushing people to get higher morale and be super enthusiastic about their work. And I love the vulnerability point as well. I think that's so important. Um, it's something it's something that's come up quite a bit. You know, be transparent, show vulnerability. 
don't be afraid to kind of you know take yourself down a peg and 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 just wow. just yeah be open in front of your in front of your team i think it is so valuable um and and also understanding your team as individuals like i think that kind of nicely brings me to my next question um but before i do sort of go into that i just like i just wanted to reflect on what you said because i just think it is so true that you know really understanding each individual person you get to you you make an effort to get that one-on-one time you know you, you don't seem like someone who will ever kind of be like oh I can't this week or like I'm a little bit too busy this week like you you're, you can tell that you're obviously someone that really values that and and I think that alone is something that a team like it regardless if you if you hadn't said all the other stuff that one part of you as a leader clearly is probably enough for, I think that that would convince a team that you, you're obviously a really talented leader because that would make them feel valued like you said um and and that's but that's basically the most important thing for any for anyone at work isn't it so um just to you, you know I'm just going to use that word understand because it's going to segue me nicely into the next part I am curious to see um uh, what you've got to kind of say about navigating different dynamics and different cultures of a global team especially remote like we keep saying that's yep. not got that can't be an easy task um at times so just kind of talk me through that and your experience with that yeah so so actually yeah I mean you know when I joined Occam you know it is global and we have people from many different cultures and um actually before Occam the companies that I worked at normally it was, you know, North America and, you know, a bit of like Europe, uh, people from, from Europe that would be part of the teams, but this one was very different. So this definitely is something that is, you know, top of mind for me. And especially when I joined, I was like, huh, well, this is interesting. You know, we have, you know, and really different and, and examples of that would be like, um, uh, in, in a team meeting, you know, sometimes when uh, something would go wrong or something like that, like, it's very interesting, like people's reactions, like some people would be like, you know, they'd be really open and they'd be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, what is this, you know, what, what happened? And not in a bad way, but, you know, in, in just a good way, but it was interesting, like, <laughs> just the differences and, and some people are, you know, pretty stoic and, you know, and other people are open and things like that. There's a, there's obviously a bit of personality differences there too, but I found that to be super interesting. So the way that I navigate that and something that helps me out, to be honest, is not very different from what I do before. But I feel like exactly what you said is getting to know people as people mm-hmm. and through one-on-ones. I feel like that's like the best. That's like the best thing. And there's, you know, I I, I think the uh, just continuing that high communication on the team I feel like is really important. And, you know, like I mentioned, like getting to know them in the one-on-ones and being curious about them, um, you know, and, and asking normal questions that you would ask other people. I think there's also a piece sometimes where we over-index a little bit on like different cultures. And then, you know, you're asking them about like, what is your culture like? And, you know, you don't want to do like, it's a normal, you know, I feel like it's just that piece of getting to know people just as people, just as you would, um, uh, you know, anywhere else. Um, And, you know, through one-on-ones is the best. There's also, I really, one of the things that at Occam, like I'm going to start doing, um, hopefully in like a month or two, is 
team building exercises. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those are also really fun for other people, you know, for the whole team to get to know each other in an outside of just work, you know, type of setting. Um, This is going to be like a virtual offsite. So we're going to like do some like escape room type of stuff. But that also just helps people to understand one another and, you know, and be okay with, okay, you know, all right, this person, you know, is just generally quiet, or that's just kind of what their personality or culture background also, you know, where they come from, and that's totally fine. And whereas, you know, somebody else might be, you know, very open or something like that. Um, The other aspect too, which is more of like the HR side of the house, is at Occam, we don't have any specific, like public holidays where everybody, you know, like the whole company is taking off, like, you know, on uh, something like Memorial Day, like, you know, in the US, we have Memorial Day, but we don't impose that on anybody else. So it's more like, okay, you know, you have, you know, there's a specific like amount of public holidays, you know, you take off whatever you want. And, you know, and obviously. um, So, um, yeah, so that's something that is, is important. And here too, like, I think recognizing, um, or having that self-awareness, I feel like is really important here as well. And, um, you know, recognizing like when you might not know a lot about a culture and maybe when you might want to have a conversation with somebody about it in like a good way, just to be curious and ask like, you know, like, hey, I, I, you know, I feel like this particular issue that came up, I know like in the meeting, you know, you thought it was great, but, you know, maybe did you like think about it more and maybe, you you know, you changed your mind, like kind of what's going on and, you know, stuff like that. And um, yeah. So yeah. I think <laughs> wicked, like that kind of, you don't need to force anything. It, 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 yeah. I think it's, it's so easy with, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't even solely apply to different cultures or talking about different cultures. Um, I think if if anything is kind of if you feel like you're forcing it a bit, that is the first thing people see. You can't yeah. have it that you're kind of trying to force a conversation. Um, and I just think that's so important when it comes to cultures. And that's kind of why I wanted to ask you know because I think when you I wanted to know how you approach those conversations and and obviously your answer basically being just whatever it feels right and and just act like I feel like a point that you made earlier as well when you when you were talking about it is like you don't kind of um, need to kind of like, you know, either this. And I, yeah. I that. <laughs> like, even if you are curious or you admire a particular culture or an aspect of someone's culture and you want to talk to them about it, it'll come up. Like it'll, it'll naturally come up and you can just discuss it one-on-one yeah. human to human, like you said. Um, you don't have to kind of, you know, tiptoe around it necessarily. And, and, and I think that, especially as a leader that isn't something you should feel like yeah. you have to do you know too um and yeah I just think it's a really interesting subject um and I and I, and I kind of I, I, I would love to go into more detail I feel like that's a completely that's an, ent- an episode entirely in itself um, so I am tempted to kind of get you back on <laughs> at some yeah, point for sure. yeah. Yeah. I, I just I find everything that you've said really interesting and I think um it's it's been a really 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 insightful episode um, I think you're in a, quite a unique position and you're obviously so good um, at what you do and it sounds like everything's going super well over at Ockham um, so I just have one more question for you to kind of round it off um, and it's something that I ask everybody 
Um, and I know you've touched on a couple of points before, so feel free to repeat yourself. But I do um, just want to know uh, what what kind of advice do you have for, for any tech professionals that would like to be in your position? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, I, I, you know, that's a great question about the advice. And I was just thinking about it actually the other day because um, there's so much advice, right? Like there's so much advice out there. And I was just thinking about like what has made the most impact um, for me. Um, and for those who know me, they will probably know like the answer that I'm going to give. Um, but the advice that I have is to get mentors and find a mentor or a coach um, that you like and admire. Um, for me in my career, the effect of having mentors and having those conversations, being able to ask questions, being able to navigate leadership or certain situations, work through, you know, things that, um, goals that I have, um, being able to do that with someone else or like with someone else's, um, opinion and advice and things like that makes a world of a difference. Um, and I can't emphasize it enough, but just that, um, you know, being able to find someone. And I feel like that also puts in a little bit of, you know, if you have a goal in mind, like there's somebody else who's kind of like checking up on you and, you know, you have that type of, you know, you're, you're progressing and you're going to the next, you're going to the next, you're also getting, you know, some transparent feedback from them and, and that's growth. And I feel like that's something, you know, that in, in my career, has made a profound effect on me or ha has had a profound effect on me is uh, the mentors that I've had. Um, so that's well, my recommendation. It, it is important, isn't it, to get someone else's kind of experience for free and just, you can't, you're essentially kind of like skipping a bunch of steps that people, you know, would have had to work through themselves if you've got someone there to kind of guide you through it. Um, it makes perfect sense. I think that's amazing advice. Um, honestly, Sabine, like I, I genuinely want to keep talking. Um, but we, I'll definitely, definitely get back in touch with you and get get you on again. I, I know you've done you've got some roundtables that Sabine's been on as well with a couple of my colleagues. Um, so I'll stick them in the links down below as well because they are really, really fascinating. Um, and yeah, honestly, thank you so much. It's been, it's been. Thank you. Um, such an insightful episode. Um, there's a bunch of stuff out there on YouTube, but like I said, there's the book that I'll get from Sabine, and I'll put that link there as well. And yeah, there's so I feel like there's so much to cut to gain from this episode. Um, and you can watch it on uh YouTube if you're listening on Spotify, uh, and you can see uh some the lovely gestures that have been made and the little wave at the beginning from Sabine. <laughs> and if you're watching it on YouTube, you can obviously go and give us a follow on Spotify as well. Uh, you can hit the subscribe button. I don't know, it's there. I think or it might be that one I'm not actually I always get it wrong I can never remember it the right way around. um you can also go and follow us on Insta Twitter Facebook LinkedIn and TikTok uh head over to our website amicusjobs.com for tech news webinars blogs and keep up to date on everything Python Golang JavaScript and machine learning from all over the globe Sabine thank you so 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 much again um thank you if you're listening to this as a first episode, definitely listen out for Sabine's second episode because I'm going to make it happen. It was such a good episode. Thank you. It's been wonderful being here and I love these questions. This is a great topic and awesome. 
Okay. <laughs> it's been a pleasure.